You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Mod Advisor and are able to give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. It's going to be a great year in 2022 at Florida Risk Partners now that IPFS is in the game with their total pay strategy, we can write excess and surplus lines and completely remove the agency bill from our agency. People, if you're not using total pay by IPFS, you're definitely leaving money on the table. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Having partners like Mineral only bolsters the fact that your clients do not care about the insurance. It's all of the value that you're able to add. And with partners like Mineral who can help with both HR and environmental health and safety, we can't help but win. This is Power Producer Shop Talk. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What's up, everybody? It is another episode of Power Producers Shop Talk, and we are back with Peter McDonald for number four of the McDonald Sessions, and we're going to talk about band of pricing. Peter, let it rip, man, because you asked me if we talk about this, and I said we probably do, but call it something different, so I was noncommittal in my response, but once you get rolling, I'm sure that we're going to be talking the same language. Yeah, so... um I think just taking a step back, I mean, there's a lot of topics we can chat through on the sales side and whatnot. This is just a specific technique. It's a little in the weeds, um, but this is a technique that we would use when talking about pricing with our customers and prospects. Never the most fun topic. You know, you don't love to, at least, you know, I didn't love talking about pricing because when you start talking about pricing, people want to compare you to others. And this is a technique where like, hey, talk about pricing. Where are we in the market? And I think what's helpful to take a step back when someone talks about pricing is just understand how insurance is priced. Um, I think like any industry, whether it's oil and gas or, you know, furniture manufacturing, you can pay if you drive down the street, you can pay four bucks a gallon. You can pay, you know, four fifty a gallon or whatever the prices are. Like you're going to get a range of pricing. And I think it's helpful to anchor that concept in your customer's mind that there's a band of pricing. Um, and you can be on the high side, you can be on the low side. You can never guarantee you're going to be on the lowest with insurance. I think a lot of people, they want to get their insurance and they want to get like the lowest possible price. And so it's important to frame that. And I'll just share my screen. I know some of you guys are listening. And so for those of you who listen, I'll walk through these slides that I'm sharing. You can come back. You see this band of pricing here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For those of you listening, if you want to see the actual visual portion of this, you can go to youtube.com forward slash killing commercial and you can get to the YouTube channel. And that is where we post the video version of these. So what I'm, this slide here, I'm showing the price of Bitcoin and Ethereum over the past year. Um, so for those of you crypto bros, you probably know this chart too well. And it's been a sad day, uh, especially <laughs> if you bought uh, around the peak hype in October, where the price has gone from you know 80,000 down to 20 or from Ethereum 5,000 or so down to 1,000 or less. So um, 
this is just showing that like whether you're buying Bitcoin or Ethereum, you know, sometime one was a better deal, like sometimes another was a better deal. And this price just fluctuates over time with the stock market. And this is the same thing with the price of oil and gas or co different commodities that are out there. And insurance is kind of similar. Like right now we're in a hardening market. And so the, there's a band of pricing. You can be in the high side, you can be in the low side. And I think right now it's probably a relevant conversation. A lot of you guys are out there doing renewals. Um, maybe you're getting 20% renewals and your customer's like, holy crap, 20%. And you're like, dude, 20%. I got 40% renewals happening right now. You should be thanking, you should be thanking me for 20%. So how do you frame the conversation? And so. I think, you know, we had a slide that looks something like this, where you basically take something very similar to the commodities price of whatever commodity or Bitcoin or Ethereum. And you're like, hey, look, here's the historical pricing over time of three different insurance companies. And you can see that sometimes one insurance company is higher, other times it's lower. That's just the reality of the world we live in. And so in talking to our prospects, we want to communicate. And what we do is kind of fill in this band where if you just kind of fill in between the lines of the pricing from the three different insurance carriers. Like that's where you can live. Assuming you're the best possible risk management in place, you got your e-mod under control. There's kind of this world where you can live as far as what you're paying for insurance premium. You want to make sure that, you know, you're closer to the bottom, but if your objective is to always be the lowest possible price, um, it's just kind of a tough objective to meet. And so the most important thing to do is get your risk management in place tell a compelling story and just be at a spot where you're somewhere in between the band of pricing. So I guess kind of curious, Dave reactions, Kyle, your reactions to this, you know, where did you, you know, how do you guys communicate when people talk about pricing, especially in a hard market? So I do, I, I think that's cool. I mean, I'll let you talk in a second here, David, but I, do, I, I am like a, a visual person. So, I mean, I think, I think showing something like that where you can be like, hey, okay, you know, here's the historical data. And this is kind of like where you can be like, it just, that's where you have to exist. It's not below or above that. It's just, but you got to try to do your best to, you know, be towards the low end of it. And here, and here's how we're going to do that. Um, so I, I like the visual there. I think it's germane to the placement of the insurance, but it's completely irrelevant to our sales process and how we operate. And the reason why I say that is because we're never selling based on the insurance price. We're hired before we ever even go to market. So for the agencies that are out there and you're competing based on how the insurance is priced and having somebody hire you based on what you can do that way, I think it's an exceptional idea to do that. When you're selling based on total cost of risk and you're getting hired based on your work product from a risk management standpoint ahead of time with the understanding that the client is going to fund your efforts through the placement of insurance and the commissions derived thereof, then it's not really that big of a deal. When we get into pricing with my client, I mean, and part of the reason why is we have the agent a record letter. We're never going to go to the market until they've already given us the AOR. So they know what they were paying. And obviously, if we're going to go in, go down that road with them, we're going to be in the same general place that they are. The times where the wheels come off the wagon is when it's a grossly underinsured program or it's something where um, they're missing a line of coverage or maybe limits aren't right or maybe they haven't had their audit yet and they had a really good year for sales and next thing you know, boom, the premiums are going to go through the roof. I mean, so 
we do talk about it and it's important for people to understand and it's really honestly germane to the whole market reputation conversation in my opinion, right? So if I were going to use this slide going through the risk management sales process the way that we use it now, it would be early on in the process where I would talk about that and I would use that as a way to educate people on why the risk management method that we're using is the best way to go and just say, look, you're going to fall in this range in terms of your insurance premiums if you want to be at the lower end of that range, these are the things we need to be doing ahead of time right. before we ever get there. So from that standpoint, I do think that I can make it relevant. I just I'm I'm very, very careful in how I discuss. We're not leading. I with never price. even talk about premium. I, I know right. that that is such a foreign concept. And, and what you just said is what I meant. Yeah, is, is, is but like, I mean, Kyle, you've been with me. You've been with me in plenty of appointments by the in years, years down the road now. And you never, ever yeah. hear me say the word premium. I never talk about it in the appointment nothing because it's completely irrelevant no. your premium is going to be what your premium is based on it's, your past performance you're already paying yeah we're going to get you the right. best deal it, we can here's how we're going to do that and we're always going right. to everything i do is to get them to stop focusing on price so i do think that the graphic is a great way to do that and just get it out of the way say hey look here's the band you're going to fall somewhere in between we're going to show you how to stay at the lower end of it let's talk about how we do that Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think this kind of lines up. You know, when we were selling again because we were going for a bor type sale. In my experience, and again, I was early in my career. Um, probably didn't have the same level of confidence, David, that you have. Uh, definitely not. You know, and maybe it was in a you know earlier part of my career without necessarily all the risk management experience that you kind of had. And so I think inevitably, like people are going to bring up price. Like it just it's it's a thing. And even if you're like, hey, the premium is the premium. I think. It's on people's minds, especially you're getting if they're getting a big price increase. And so I think back to what Kyle was saying, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of a visual person. How do you how do you explain like where your insurance pricing is going to fall? It's like, hey, look, you, you have a certain amount of risk. We quantify it through your revenues, through your payrolls, through your number of locations or vehicles. Um, there's going to be a range of pricing, and you're going to be somewhere on there. What are you doing to make sure that you're you know towards the lower end? Because it's not just like random happenstance of hey, I shop the market every year. This is the result of a proactive risk management approach. Yeah, I mm -hmm. think here's the other thing, people. If you're listening to this and you're wondering how, you say, oh, David, it's such a great idea that you do that, but I just don't have the ability to do baseline risk assessments. I can't send loss control in. We don't have that at our agency. I don't know what episode I ever told anybody we have that at our agency. We don't. We outsource it, and that's why companies like Yellowbird that my good friend Michael Zaus founded, which is essentially Uber for loss control professionals, levels the playing field for every single independent agency in the country that's not a national brand or publicly traded. I don't care if you're a three-man shop, two-man shop, one-woman shop, whatever you are, if you need to have lost control work done, you can use Michael's company to do that for you. So don't use that as an excuse in your sales process and thinking, oh, well, you can do that because. No, I can do that because I understand that there are tools that I need to use to do it, and I've committed to doing that to give my client the best experience possible, and that's what I would recommend that you do as well. Good part is you're not financially committed to anything other than the work product that they do for you at that time. So you should be building it into your budget for that account anyhow. So Dave, walk me through role play a little bit. Let's say uh, I'm like a, I don't know, I run a company, which I guess I do, but let's say I I'd run like a I'd like for you company. to be a vessel manufacturer. Uh, I'm a vessel. I'm a vessel manufacturer. We manufacture, you know, the, we manufacture catamaran uh, speedboats. Um, or not even speedboats, fishing boats, and we've been doing it for a while. Um, 
we're paying a lot in premium. And I'm excited. Hey, mate, David, I've seen, you know, I've seen you guys out there on social. I like your approach. I've seen you guys do a lot of fishing. And man, it's really been frustrating these past couple of years, kind of bounce around the different agents. You know, we're paying, you know, half, around half a million right now. And listen, I want to hire you. But at the same time, like, it's a lot of money. Like, wh- how do I know that, you know, your pricing is going to be competitive? My pricing is going to be competitive? Yeah. How do I know that? How do you know that? It sounds if, like if maybe you've been burnt. I'm the manufacturer. Yeah. Go ahead. It, it sounds like maybe you've been burnt in the past. It feels like maybe the representation that you've had wasn't exactly what was able to get you the best results, which is why we're talking now. You know, the insurance marketplace in and of itself is only going to have so many options for you for coverage. And there's going to be an area of pricing that you can't get below. So in order for us to understand exactly um, what you think is not fair about your deal, it would be helpful if we had a more in-depth conversation and drilled down specifically the other thing is i really don't know anything about your loss history peter i mean you want me to talk about insurance premiums but most people feel like the insurance premiums are the result of the insurance agency's work and that's not the case it's actually a reflection of your past performance and until i review your loss history i don't have a complete picture to give you the best advice but what i can tell you is if i were to benchmark what you're paying right now against what the average boat manufacturer in our book of business is paying and then compare that to the national average i'm sure you'll be very pleased with the results we've gotten for other people in your peer group all right well listen i i definitely that sounds great i want to be pleased and have the benchmark that sounds fantastic but look david when i when i buy supplies when i go to buy epoxy when i go to buy fiberglass i have a price ahead of time and it's like this is the price sometimes i pay a little bit more i pay for a premium product sometimes i pay a little bit less sometimes we buy at the right time sometimes we buy too much sometimes we buy too little like we kind of get that insurance it's just kind of a black box like it just seems like every year our agent comes in and it's just like, this is what it is. And it's like, he gives me three different options and I have no control over it. And so I guess part of working together, I'm like, well, how do I make sure that you're going to have something that's competitive when I'm signing this letter? I have no idea. Like you're, you're not even telling me what my pricing is going to be. Yeah. I'll tell you, Peter, first, I have to apologize on behalf of our entire industry, because when you come to me and ask me about your insurance pricing and you compare it to a commodity like the supplies you use to build your yachts, it tells me that people that have walked in my shoes prior just haven't done a really good job of educating you on how prices are derived and what you can do to control them. The fact of the matter is there's a certain level of insurance that you can control the pricing of just based on your own behaviors. And until someone takes the time to educate you on those and understand what you need to do to move to be best in class and that function of your business, you're going to be stuck in a commodity trap where you're just buying insurance based on price. What we found is that when companies focus on their total cost of risk, which has way more in it than what just the insurance premiums are, they end up saving more money in the long run. If I can focus on everything that goes into a total cost of risk calculation outside of what you pay for your insurance premiums, I'm always going to come to you with the best result for insurance because we fixed everything that's contributing to what those premium calculations are. Got it. So I think just for context, I think in a conversation like this, and I, I could press you more, right, and be kind of the tough customer or prospect because I would walk away from you as soon as you threw the, comp- threw the commodity stuff out. Um, I'd have given yeah, you one I mean, shot, think- and if you didn't say the right thing, I'd have cut right and left. <laughs> I mean, I'm being dead serious, and Kyle knows. Yeah, that. yeah, I, I believe it, and I think this is where you know, especially early in my career, I got the price question, and it's it's uh, again, maybe I don't have the confidence you have to just walk away from a pro- from an opportunity especially if we had like leveraged the relationship to get in the door. And this is where I found having some sort of a, a visual to talk to and say, Dave, look, there's going to be a range of pricing that's out there in the marketplace. 
our objective in working together is do everything we can, control your total cost of risk, you know, blah, 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 uh, EMOD, et cetera. Make sure on the lower half of this thing and you can rest assured like we're going to do that for you every year because we're working with the marketplace. It's kind of the you know, approach we'd use the, uh, the end of pricing. Nice. Yeah, I think um, I think one thing that I would caution everybody on, and you you brought this up, and it may not necessarily be relevant to a hundred percent to this, but part of it is. And you said, especially if you leveraged a relationship, right? If you le- if I leveraged a relationship to get into an account, and that's what the result was was a guy just hammering me with questions about price. I didn't do a good job of educating my referral partner as to what I'm looking for, or I didn't do a really good job of identifying who my ideal prospect was. The real truth of the matter is, Peter, you and I would never be sitting across the table from each other if that's the conversation. We would never have had the first appointment. I would have disqualified you over yeah. the phone based on the cues that you gave me. So I understand what you're saying. You're hundred percent right, man. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. You could be a software startup. You could be a scratch agency. You could do whatever you want. The hardest thing we can manufacturer. Yeah. Vessel manufacturer. The hardest thing we can do is walk away from business because we have bills to pay. Right. But you have to understand it's easier on this side of it for me to look back and say, man, I really wish I would have practiced what I preach now back then. But you have to understand I did. Right. Every single account from when I started my agency by myself is intentional. It's not that I I didn't just write everything. There was a period of time there where I, you know, when I first started out, I started writing any excess and surplus roofer, whatever that I could find just to bring cash in. And I sat back and I looked, I'm like, what the heck am I doing, man? I'm diminishing the value proposition to every legitimate account that I have by bringing garbage into my book of business. This isn't fair to my clients. It's not fair to my family because I'm having to spend so much time servicing after hours that I'm not getting to spend time with yeah. my kids. That's not what I signed up for. You're, you're, That's not the quote-unquote producer lifestyle, right? So at the end of the day, right. I think it all st- – everything in our I, – I honestly feel like every single problem that our industry has revolves around education, period. Either we're not doing our continuing education the right way. It blows my mind. Some of y'all people need to understand this is a profession for crying out loud. You going on, you know, Web CE or whatever. I don't even know if that's the name of a legitimate company. So if it is, I'm going to disqualify this statement saying I don't know that. But everybody's talking about how can I get my continuing education done as quickly as possible so that I can get credit and maintain my license. What? Why don't you try making yourself a better agent? There's a purpose for that. And I see this pattern over and over and over again. You know, you have somebody that's a difficult client. I'm going to do everything I can with a difficult prospect to try and educate them in the initial conversation. And if I can get them to to bend just enough to know, to think that I'm going to, they're going to listen to what I have to say, I'll take the meeting. But if they're going to be a hundred percent rigid on, no, I need to know this. I need to know this. And you need to give me, you know, give me an idea on on how much this is going to cost up front. Think about once they're actually your client, it's going to be, it's going to be a nightmare the whole time. Exactly. You're going to lose, you know, so much money. And I think it's like you kind of alluded to, um, Peter, it's, it's tougher for people to do that when they're trying to get going. Maybe they're a startup, maybe they're a new agent. They're like, okay, I'm trying to get anything that I can to put some food on the table, you know, and, and it's easier to do that after you've been at it for 15, 20 years. But I think it just takes that one or two bad prospects that you end up making a client that, cause I've done it. And just last week, I had, you know, somebody that was, that was a referral. We're talking about the exact situation that happened to me. It wasn't a huge referral by any, any means, but it was a, a current client of mine that referred me to somebody. And I was like, okay, sure. You know, I had the discussion with them. Um, and I could tell that it was going to be like a price driven 
purchase. And I was like, you know, I, I, I was asking them for some information. And one of the responses to those questions was none of your business. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, what do you mean? Like it, they were actually about like the premium? It was or? no, it was it so it was it was a um it was a supplemental questionnaire and they were asking about jobs that they had done. You know, it was it was asking them for What's your biggest most job? recent Yeah, yeah. Yeah, most five most recently completed jobs like none you of your business. Size, like, yeah. I go, yeah. And, and I'm like That's so where I'd say hey, listen, just want to make sure level set. Um this is what we need to do our job effectively. And yeah. this is what the insurance companies are requiring. If we can't see eye to eye on this, it might not be right fit. So my response, my response was, it actually is the carrier's business as they're trying to underwrite your risk properly and know what they're insuring. They need to understand the jobs that you're doing, the cost of those jobs, who's involved, when and how long they're taking, and, and so on and so forth. And if if that's not going to be information that you're willing to to provide, then I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to help you. But like that comes from having seen it before and, and, and maybe not that early in the process having right. those issues. And then it kind of plays out and you're like, okay, I see these similarities. This is just not somebody that I want to work with regardless of whether or not they were referred, you know, like, like I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't uh dismissive or rude to them or whatever. Like I knew that this was coming from a current client, a, a, a pretty decent sized client of mine. Right. And I want to preserve that relationship, but I also, I'm not going to have somebody, you know, come on board. That's going to be a total nightmare. And they were exhibiting the behaviors on the front end. So, well, so that comes back to conversation yeah. in Key West too. I mean, that was one of the topics that we discussed when we were in our discussion time was how do you handle, you know, referrals that are not what you want when they come from a, a good source. Yeah. Somebody you have a great relationship right. with. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, so I, I, think, it, I think it's guys. interesting, man. Like, I mean, I, I think that the band of pricing thing is important though. And I can see, I can see, like I said, I just laid out exactly how I would use it, you know, in our, but it would be an upfront thing to get it out of the way so that I could get them to focus on what I really wanted them to say, you know, back in the old days. And by the way, just so everybody's very, very clear, I didn't always use, I was not always completely committed to the total cost of risk. You know, 20 years in, it's easy for me to tell you, oh yeah, this works the best. Well, yeah, it does because it took me 20 years to perfect it, right? And it, it's been good for about 12. So, but anyhow, you know, there was a time when I was going in and I'd take an appointment with whoever I needed to. And, and I, I talk about this, right? I talk about this in my book. I talk about it when people ask me how I started. You know, that's why I went after light manufacturing with Chubb. I knew I had the insurance product that they needed and nobody else had it, you know, or very few did. And so I would go in and talk about that stuff. But even when I was doing that, do you know how I handled my proposal presentations? I would go to the summary page of the premiums at the very first part of the meeting. Hey, guys, ladies, here's the pricing. Let's go through it now, and that way I know you're going to pay attention to everything that else that I say after that. Otherwise, I'm going to be trying to explain everything to you, and you're going to be thumbing through this thing looking for the numbers. So I put that sheet first to make it very easy for you. So what I'm hearing from you, David, and this is something I used to hear from a sales coach of mine, is pre-qualify hard to sell easy. You would pre-qualify people. Uh, early in the process. And I think, you know, Kyle, um, you know, hearing from you is it's important to, um, you know, I think if if anything, like have a good response for the unexpected things that pop up. And I think this is always something that I w- w- would try and do at my agency, which was um, like the low risk practice, like, hey, practice internally, 
like practice the question on price. I, I used to love being kind of the jerk in the in the role play that would just ask all the hard questions. And I, I think tell. having an <laughs> yeah, no way. Having yeah, right. Having an answer. Well, because listen, hey, it's way cheaper for you and your team to ask the price question in 15, 15 times in a row when you're in your own conference room at your own office. So that when you're out there talking to your no, client, I mean, you're listen, not caught off guard. To, to your point, I think one of the things that every agency ought to do is A, practice before you go on the appointment, and then B, as soon as it's over and you get in the car, recap what happened while your memory is still fresh. I can tell you that I would go into appointments early in my career and feel like it went really, really well. And then two of the people that were partners in the agency would have been in that meeting with me, and they would come out and say, you did okay, but you need to do this, this, and this. And you know what? I, I, I like that. I need that. You know what I'm saying? I need to have that in my life because otherwise, in my mind, I'll feel like it went really well, and I'll just assume I'm doing everything good. You'll never get any better. My intent is never to be status quo. My intent is never to be stagnant. Yeah. I want to constantly be getting better at my craft. And sometimes direct feedback, literally for me, every time direct feedback is what I crave. And I think agency principals don't do enough of that. And I, you know, in terms of encouraging the practicing as well as the recap after. And I hate to say it, guys and ladies, but you might need to do some of that yourselves. Yeah. So when I was selling the office supplies, I mean, it was obviously like a much more accelerated process and, and learning curve because we were seeing so many businesses and getting so much practice throughout the day. But when I was training people, we would walk in, I would let them do their thing. Depending on what day of training they were, I would either jump in or I wouldn't. Or if I needed them to to see one of the things that I was talking about, and maybe they weren't like overcoming an objection in a in, in the right manner or, or leaving something out, I would let them, you know, get to the point where they're like turning around and looking at me for for help and just be like, all right, thanks, you know, for your time today, guys. You know, let's just grab a business card and we'll catch up with you another time. And then and then we would go immediately discuss it outside or in the car and try to, you know, replay, okay, so you know, what happened in that last door? What, you know, how did it start? What, you know, what were the things that you did well? And then when we had that issue where you ran in and you turned around and looked at me, like what happened? What were the things that, what were the cues that you saw from them? Like, and so we're able to figure out, okay, like the light bulb goes off. They're like, damn, I didn't go back to the close after I overcame that objection. You're like exactly right. So like, I think that's, that's absolutely crucial. You've got to be able to do the recap right afterwards. Um, and, and definitely, you know, role play the stuff beforehand too. Like we talk about preparation all the time on, on this pod. And I think that that's something that people maybe don't do. They prepare for the appointment, you know, know who they need to talk to. They've got their, their proposal and all that sort of thing, but maybe not role playing some of the things in their head or even just out loud in front of the mirror that they, that they may run into. Uh, I used to do that in the PEO game all the time. I would like role play the entire presentation so that like a hundred percent, I would think about, you know, and, and that was huge for me because like, I, I it, it just gives me anxiety to not do that and not go through that. I don't want to be sitting there like that deer in headlights. Like what's, you know, I, still, I don't know where I to go. I still do that. Me. I still role play with my business partner, yeah. hard conversations going into sales calls. Look, I think the best athletes, they visualize their success and then they watch their footage to see what they could do better next time. Hey guys, this has been a lot of fun. I got to run for my next call. Um, and I'm looking forward Get to out of here, man. One. Let me pump up wonder right in the background. Here we go. Ladies go, and gentlemen, man. 
Peter McDonald and his team at Wonderite have brought you special pricing for their product that is the premier product for supplemental application completion for your clients. It makes it so simple in the buyer's journey. And from beginning to end, they can even handle e-sign documents as well. Lots going on at Wonderite right now. Be part of the movement, people. Come on. We got pale, mail, and stale out there in the software world as well. And the two 800-pound gorillas that thought they were dominating this space are getting ready. Hey, Goliath, David's on his way. His vessel has just about pulled up to shore, and he's got a sling with two stones getting ready to hit you right between the eyes. Half price right now, between now and September 30th, for Power Producers listeners and Killing Commercial members. Go get it, and we'll catch you next week. See ya. listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes